Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 19. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Hey, Fire Nation, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Entrepreneur on Fire the place for inspiring interviews with today's most successful entrepreneurs. Are you on our email list? If not, you are missing your chance at the $50 cash we give to one lucky subscriber every Wednesday. Would your Wednesday be a little better with 50 bucks in your pocket? Go to entrepreneuronfire.com or eofire.com if you're like me and can't spell entrepreneur to find out more. Question. Have you been searching for an elite mastermind group? If yes, look no further than Ignite, an amazing mastermind of aspiring entrepreneurs. We have weekly webinars, amazing resources, forums, and huge giveaways, including a $200 cash giveaway every week. Come join our community at ignitemastermind.com. If you enjoy this free podcast, Please show your love and support by heading over to eofire.com and clicking the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page. This will shoot you over to iTunes where you can leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating and review, I will give you a shout out at the top of an upcoming show telling the world just how cool you are. And now prepare to ignite. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Rich Brooks. Rich, are you prepared to ignite today? I'm ready. Let's get this going. (laughs) Rich is joining me from Portland, Maine. He is the founder and president of Flight New Media, which is a web design and marketing firm. He's a nationally recognized speaker on entrepreneurship, internet marketing, and social media. He is currently an expert blogger at Fast Company, which happens to be my favorite magazine, and a regular contributor at socialmediaexaminer.com. He's a founder of Agents of Change Digital Marketing Conference, which is an annual conference on search, social, and mobile marketing. Okay, I've given a little overview, Rich. Why don't you tell us a little more about who you are and what you do? Uh, well, I think you summarized it pretty good. As Thanks. you mentioned, I, <laughs> I've been president of Flight New Media. We're now 15 years old, which is a long time for an internet marketing company to be around. Started off just doing the design and then kind of developed into more of the marketing side as people started asking me questions like, how do I get found in Alta Vista? Which, of course, always dates me because a lot of Alta people don't Vista. even remember Alta Vista. <laughs> um, and so then we, I started to figure out search. And then somebody sent me this email with all these pretty pictures and says, how do I do this? So then we got into email marketing. And then somebody was a big fan of John Dean, uh, the former presidential candidate. And he had started a blog. And they're like, I want to start a blog. So I had to figure that out. So suddenly we're doing blogging. And then more recently, social media and then webinars and now mobile. So the company just continues to evolve to be able to take on new ways that people can reach out to their customers, increase their visibility, and generate more leads online. 
And then more recently, I got involved with this, or I started up actually, the Agents of Change Digital Marketing Conference, which you mentioned. And that's going to be, this is the first year of the conference. And it's going to be a big conference here in Portland, Maine. But there's also going to be this um, global component of it where anybody from all over the world can tune in and watch the entire live stream of the event and then also go back and watch not just all the big room stuff, but also the different breakout sessions. So very excited, a little bit nervous about uh, that event coming up. Well, it is going to be a great event, I can say. I'm, I'm very excited. I'll be attending it myself. And two of your keynote speakers... Uh, Amy Porterfield and Derek Halpern are both upcoming guests on the show, so we'll make sure to bring up their their upcoming speaking event with you. Excellent. Those yes. guys are both super smart, super interesting, and they're, they've just got great stories to tell. And I've seen them present a number of times, which is one of the reasons I reached out to them and asked them if they'd be part of this, this event. Yeah, down in Blog World in New York City this summer, they both just knocked it out of the park. I was able to see them both live there, so... I'm excited for a repeat performance up here, for sure. Great. We're all looking forward to it. Awesome. So here at Entrepreneur on Fire, we start every show off with our guest's favorite success quote. It's kind of our way of getting the motivational ball rolling, so to speak. So Rich, why don't you give us your favorite success quote? Uh, mine is, luck favors the prepared, as uttered by a uh, Edna Mode from the movie The Incredibles. I have to imagine <laughs> that this is an homage to Louis Pasteur's original quote, uh, which is roughly translated as chance favors the prepared mind. Although I just like Edna's because it's such so much more tight. Luck favors the prepared. It's very apropos. And plus it was set on the big screen, which is always a good thing. Exactly. It was between that and no capes for my favorite quote, but I just <laughs> it seemed more appropriate for the show, luck favors the prepared. Well, that's a great quote. Now, can you give us one example of how you actually apply this quote or the meaning of this quote to your everyday life? Sure. I, I think it really just comes down to, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, he's lucky or she's lucky. And I'm sure that it seems that way from the outside. But what I found is every day we have an opportunity to be lucky. But the bottom line is, are you ready for that opportunity? Are you prepared? So if there's something that I care about, and of course, right now, Agents of Change is eating up my entire life. So it's first and foremost in my mind. But right. for this event, I, I'm nervous. You know, this is my first time putting on a conference by myself, and it's a big conference, and it's there's a lot of visibility here. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. I try not to worry too much about that. All I try and do is every day I try and think of the things that might go wrong and fix them, be prepared for them so that everything will go as smooth as it possibly can. So that's the way I try and do everything that I do. If if I know, for example, because one of the other things that I often do is I do these uh, little segments uh, as the tech expert on 207, which is an evening news program here uh, in, in Maine. And, you know, they're five-minute segments. And I literally could go in and I could probably do them in my sleep by now. But I never do. You know, I always say it's like even though it's five minutes and even though sometimes it's a silly topic like, you know, couponing websites online or I'm going to do one tomorrow on uh, video apps for the iPhone, I always spend an inordinate amount of time preparing for this so I can do as good a job as possible because people are only going to see you for that five minutes. Whether you put in five minutes to prepare for it or three hours, it doesn't matter. They're going to see that one moment in time and the more prepared you are, the better you are going to look and the more trust and faith that they'll have in you. And I've had this happen where I've done a segment on 207. We did a segment about tweet ups, which are these um, 
get-togethers, Twitter in real life, I call them. And a woman saw me on the show, and she ended up calling me up and said, I watched you on TV. It seems like you know what you're doing. I want to do business with you. And we ended up building a website and doing some web marketing for her. This was just based on me preparing for a seemingly unrelated topic on an evening news program. Always over-prepare for these moments where the world, or at least part of the world, is going to be able to see you. Well, that was a great example, Rich. Thank you for that. Let's transition now to our first actual topic, which is failure. Because here at Entrepreneur on Fire, we delve into the journey of our spotlighted entrepreneur, you. And for all entrepreneurs, somewhere in your journey lies failure. So take us back. Tell us about a failure that you have had in your journey and the events that led up to that failure. All right. Well, here's the thing. I haven't had that classic complete failure in front of everybody. I mean, I'm sure I have, but I've so successfully blocked it that I can't come up with it right now. But I have a few festering failures that I could share with you right now. Um, and so I think, and maybe somebody can learn something from this. God knows I still need to learn from this. And I would say that maybe my biggest one is that, you know, I have a team just by myself. I have a team of people. And sometimes I feel that I'm not letting them be as awesome as they could possibly be, that I'm not setting them up for success the way that I should be. And I think that comes down to, um, because I'm a self-starter, I assume everybody else is going to be the exact same way. Right. And so what I, am, what I continue to struggle with is setting up goals and expectations and rewards as clearly as possible. And that's really something that I think any entrepreneur who is a leader, who's in charge of other people and the outcomes that those people have need to need to work on. It's something I need to work on and I continue to strive to work on that. But like saying to an employee, okay, I expect that you're going to be working from this hour to this hour, if that's important to you. I expect that you're going to finish this project within this many hours. I expect that there's going to be um, no errors or only two errors. I expect that you're going to follow up. I Whatever it is, here's my vision for how the job should be accomplished. Not necessarily how you're going to get there every step of the way, but this is what I expect from you. And then if you have problems with it, come and see me. But this is when, when you're all done, this is what I expect to be able to see out of this. And be very clear on that. And that's something that I still, I, I'm trying to get better at, but it's still, in my opinion, because part of my job as president of flight is to be a leader and to lead by example, this is something that I would definitely say is one of my biggest failures. Okay. Well, that's great to be able to acknowledge that and to be working daily to move forward towards that. So I look forward to continuing to hear how that process you're implementing is improving your overall business because that's what we're all about here. Sure. Maybe in a year or so, you'll have me back. We'll talk about how I become the most amazing leader. <laughs> I look forward to that. We're going to continue onwards. And at some point, as you were evolving into an entrepreneur and you were moving forward and you were trying some different things, you had an aha moment of sorts where a light bulb went on and you just said, this is something that can work. I want to move forward in this direction. Tell us about that really dig deep about the events leading up to it, how you identified that aha moment and the actions that you took to actually turn that into what you now have a viable business. Yeah, uh, great question. And I, I've definitely had a number of these aha moments, but there is one that really kind of frames the rest of where my business has gone. So I'll, I'll talk about that one. Great. Uh, 
And it was basically about the value of creating compelling content to engage an audience. And this is how I kind of discovered this. I had written, like, I, I've always written articles, in part because when I first started, um, I had a lot more time than money. So I would just start writing articles to my new clients about what they could be doing on the web. And one of the early articles I wrote was called 10 Questions to Ask Before Setting Up a Website. And one day I'm playing around on this new search engine that was all visually based. So I'm just kind of watching it. It's fun. It's like it's a spider web and you're just going through. And all of a sudden I see this article that's attached to my name somehow. And so I click over to it and I see that the U.S. government, the official organization for imports and export, has taken one of my articles, this 10 questions to ask, and published it as if they wrote it themselves. Wow. They changed was they took out all of my funny jokes and they were pretty funny as dry as humanly possible and they published this and then I found out that a number of their statewide organizations had also published it giving credit back to the national organization so on one hand I was a little bit flattered I was also a little bit pissed um, I did call up my brother who's a lawyer in Boston I asked him to frame a cease and desist letter and asked him to take it down which they did um, but what I also realized was if somebody was going to steal from me, steal my content, there was obviously some value behind it. You don't steal something that has no value. So I took that article, and it was quite old at this point, and I rewrote it. And instead of just putting it back on the web, what I did is I decided to use it as what I call email bait. In other words, for to get you to sign up for my email newsletter, I'm going to give you something of value. So instead of just having joined my mailing list, I said, download the free article, 10 new questions to ask before setting up a website, and I had it configured that once you confirmed your email, that you would get this article. And before that moment, I would get two to three subscribers a month for things like join our mailing list or get free tips for your website. I now get over 200 new subscribers every month using wow. art like this one. I still use that one on my website. I have another one on my blog called... Um, the 11 biggest mistakes small business bloggers make. And I've tried some others as well over the years. But that was the beginning for me. That kind of opened up the door where I realized people aren't, or few people are really interested in learning a lot about web design or internet marketing. They're looking for information. They don't care about my company. They care about their own problems. And by creating content that's of value to them, you can build your business. And that's true in almost every business and every industry in the entire world is by educating your customer. Don't worry about them going off and doing it themselves. Most people are too busy or too lazy to do that. You're establishing your expertise. And yeah, not everybody's going to choose to do business with you. But as you establish your expertise and your credibility, more and more people and the right type of people will be attracted to do business with you and your company. And that was a huge aha moment for me that literally has dictated everything we've done since then. Whenever I learn to do something that I think is valuable as a small business owner, I turn around and I blog about it or I do a webinar about it or I tweet about it. I share it and I educate. I create videos about it. And that helps me build my brand, build awareness for Flight New Media, as well as Agents of Change and some of the other things that I do, because people just want the answers. And then they start to see the branding that goes around the answers. And then the next thing you know is they're filling out your contact form or they're picking up the phone. Okay, you have a lot of these different areas of expertise that you are really putting yourself out there, especially in, in the local community, as well as in the internet community. Let's go through a couple of them because you do this tech show on, on the news station, Channel 6 here. You also do the tweet-ups. You're running a local conference that's 
welcoming everybody to Agents of Change. You're running Flight New Media. You're being everywhere. And is that something that's really just a goal of yours to really be everywhere and to encompass everybody? It is definitely not my goal to be everywhere. Um, I know that that's a goal. It is my goal to increase my visibility among people who I might help or touch in their lives. That's certainly something I enjoy doing. And and I like to present. For me, a lot of it comes down to um, this sounds more um, altruistic than it actually is. (laughs) help people, I like to find solutions. That's a very selfish thing, actually, is because I get great joy out of being able to take somebody's problem and find the right, usually technological or marketing solution for it. So I get a real joy out of that. That's not, you know, when I hear of altruism, I I sometimes question that. I enjoy that and I feel good after I've done that sort of thing. So um, I like to be in front of people and I like to share ideas that I have worked for me and so I think they might work for you. So yeah, I guess that's part of it. And the tweet ups that you mentioned, which is a networking event, those started in part to raise my visibility and my company's visibility. But at this point, I know most of those people and they all know me. So I'm not really getting much out of it except the enjoyment of hanging out with some people who I genuinely like. Um, 207, which is the evening news program, that got that was just luck. But you know, I do know that when people see you more often, there's been studies done. When people see you out there, that definitely increases your credibility. Uh, but these kind of things increase your trust just seeing you more often. There's a certain amount of social proof that's involved there. So I'm aware of these things, but my goal is definitely not to be everywhere all the time. Um, and I don't think you need to be that person to succeed as an entrepreneur. But we do live in a world that is very connected, that does rely on a certain amount of social proof. And this happens to me every day. I get requests for people who want me to do things for them or get involved with some organization they're part of or they want me to speak somewhere. And usually before I even respond is I just do a little research into this person. And if I can't find them or find that they're doing anything interesting or visible, I definitely discount them just because I'm really busy. So I think if you are looking to really build your business and awareness, I think you do have to be open to the idea of being in front of groups of people. And obviously, you've got this great new podcast you're doing. And that's going to be one way in which you can raise your own visibility. And podcasts aren't the only way to do it, but they're a good way. On, uh, and if you've got something you want to share, and, and I've met with you, John, and you are an incredibly passionate guy, and you're very excited about entrepreneurship, you've got something to share. And I think if you've got something to share, you want to scream it from the rooftops. Quite honestly, listening to you list all the things that I do, and you didn't even mention I'm also married with two kids, I got tired. I get exhausted rather just listening to that. So, um, you know, I, I think you need to find that balance. So... So it's it's got to be about, I'm not trying to be everywhere. I'm not trying to do everything, but I am out there trying to increase the value that m- myself and my company offers to, to Maine and to small businesses because those are the two th- areas that we really focus on. That's great. I actually had a wonderful conversation yesterday with Caleb Wojcik of Think Traffic. And one thing that he really hit upon that I heard uh, a couple minutes ago while you were going on was the fact that he really focuses on the people that reach out to him. He makes sure that it's a relationship he actually wants to move forward with because he knows the value of saying no so he can focus his time. So he's not being pulled everywhere. He's not being pulled in five different directions. Do you go through similar vetting techniques when people are reaching out to you to quote unquote do stuff for them and to help them build their brand, et cetera? 
Absolutely. And I think saying no is one of the most liberating feelings you can possibly have. Uh, you learn these, you learn this over the years because when you first start out, you're hungry and you will basically take on just about any sort of job with any sort of person. But as you have more experience, you start to see these red flags early. Like there's just certain things where somebody will say, well, I have this current website. It was done by this program. I can't get in touch with him. Um, can you just take it over? That's a big no. I've learned the hard way. You can never take over somebody else's custom programming job. If they couldn't get it to work, how am I supposed to get it to work without a manual? Also, when somebody tells you that they've gone through three or four web designers and they're all jerks, that's also a red flag. And these are the kind of things you just start to get a sixth sense for after a while. Um, we do have exceptions to the rule. You know, we, have, we know what we need to make to be a profitable company. But there are times when I will go down on price because I feel very passionate about what you're doing as a business and I want to get involved with that because I love what you're doing and I want to be part of it. Um, but generally, we do have our rules in, in terms of you know, who we want to take on and who we want to work with. And I've been asked, you know, like, do you work only with certain industries? And like, No. In fact, we work with a number of nonprofits and causes and organizations as well. In fact, we do quite a bit of business with Maine Health. But what we do ask is that people are entrepreneurial in their mindset. Because nonprofits need to be entrepreneurial these days to succeed anyways. Absolutely. So they need to be like, whether they're trying to get their message out or they're trying to increase their membership, they need to be thinking in creative ways. And right now, where things are changing the most are in the areas of basically digital marketing and digital media, which goes back to the whole idea of search, social, and mobile. These are areas where if you're looking to really expand using these channels... I want to be there to help you. But if you just want a five-page website, I may not be the right company for you. Liberating to say no. I like that. I just wrote it down. So thank you for that. We've got into a failure of yours. We've also gone into how you've had an aha moment and how you've driven that aha moment forward into really shaping your business as it stands right now. I know we've gotten really into Agents of Change, and that's a very exciting conference that's coming up. Above and beyond that, what are two tasks that are occupying the majority of your day? Well, these days, um, right now, because it's evolved over the years, these days I would say number one is probably marketing my company and that of my clients' companies. So a lot of that is blogging. Um, a lot of that is creating YouTube videos, uh, tweeting, and Facebook, LinkedIn. Using social media and optimizing search is a big part of my day. Uh, and, then, and then turning around and using that as a tool of educating other businesses and how to do that. And then the other thing is, and I can't lose track of this, is actually running my business in terms of getting new business. Even though my wife is now, who works with me, is now handling most of the inbound leads that we get, I'm still writing up a lot of the proposals and work agreements for the jobs we get. Because at the end of the day, we're still a web design and internet marketing company. And I can't forget that that's actually what pays the bills. Even though I would love to just go off and write and share and educate all the time, right now, our money comes from designing and building effective websites and then helping clients uh, make those websites optimized for the search engines and then teaching them how to use blogging and video and social media to further improve their visibility and their lead generation techniques. So the proposals and the work agreements, that's a big part of it, of crafting the projects that will end up helping these businesses grow. Do you have a vision of where you see flight moving into in the future? Is that vision different than where you're currently moving towards today? Or is this something that you are just consistently moving towards 
you have your mission down and you're taking a step forward in that direction? There are things that change all the time. There are certain technologies or social media platforms that come out that uh, may may change my tactics from a day-to-day or a week-to-week or even a month-to-month thing. But the general overall theme, I mean, our tagline is, we don't build websites, we build businesses. And that's always been it. So if it can be delivered over digital media, we want to be there to help. So that's been the over, that hasn't really changed. But what that means has changed. So, you know, for example, as I was telling that story before about how we start, I started off doing websites, but then we got into search and then into email marketing, then into blogging, social media, now webinars, and more recently mobile. Because I really feel that even though people talk a good game about mobile, not enough businesses, including ours, are doing enough about it. You know, the fact that so many of us walk around with smartphones all the time, so many business people do, they've got their iPhones or their droids or what have you, and they're using them constantly. But then if you look at their own websites, they're not ready for the mobile revolution. So this is something where right now we're talking to our clients about making sure that their website is mobile friendly and whether or not they should have an app and all those sorts of things. So a few years ago, I wasn't as concerned about mobile as I am right now. And I'm sure there'll be other things that come up. I mean, I never would have thought that Twitter or Facebook would have been part of our uh, business model a few years ago. But here we are, and we're spending quite a bit of time on Facebook and Twitter. So there's an overwhelming mission that's not going to change as far as I can see it right now, but that mission has to be flexible enough that especially in an industry of like ours where things are constantly in flux, that it's got to be flexible enough that I say, okay, we need to spend more time on doing design work around social media and mobile, and we need to make that shift today. Which is just why the name Agents of Change is so fitting. As soon as I said it out loud, I'm like, and we have our name. Because, you know, I had done a similar conference before and I wasn't going to be able to use that name again. And there were things I wanted to add. We had done a social media conference. And I'm like, I love social media, but search doesn't get the recognition it deserves. And mobile, nobody's paying attention to. These are the three agents of change. And so once that, once that phrase came up, I'm like, boom, we're done. I know exactly what I want this conference to look like and to sound like and to be about. Perfect. Well, we are now entering the last five minutes of the interview, what I like to call the lightning rounds. Very exciting. We have five questions going at it quick. Each question about 60 seconds at the most. Let's just launch into this right now. All right, I'm ready. What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? When I was growing up, I had no idea about being an entrepreneur. I didn't even know what the word meant. I mean, I was reading like the Communist Manifesto in high school. I mean, I had no idea about capitalism. I just assumed business people were dull, boring people because all the business people I knew were dull, boring people. So partially it was the the idea that you couldn't be creative in business. Once I realized that creating a business is creativity, then I became fascinated by it. And so then to create something that actually can help other businesses grow and other people succeed, that that really just kind of got rid of that roadblock for me. What is the best business advice you ever received? Okay. Uh, the best business advice I ever received was just, you have to trust your gut. And I got this advice while I was working for my previous company. We were doing medical sales. And for a Christmas party, my boss had hired a psychic. And she literally looked same size, same shape as the, as the psychic from the movie Poltergeist. Oh, great. 
she was telling all these people, like everybody else was getting uh, premonitions like, oh, you're going to be pregnant in six months or you'll find a new job in a year, which is always the weird thing to do when you've been hired by a company to do this, but whatever. For me, she just kind of touches my forehead and says, you don't trust your gut. You're always overruling it with your head and that's your problem and you will not be successful until you start trusting your gut. And that literally changed me in the basement of my ex-boss that this diminutive psychic was telling me this sort of stuff and it made such a huge impact on my life. But that was the moment where I said, you know what, it's okay to fail as long as you're failing doing something that you love and that you believe in. And that's the big difference because if you're going to fail while you're not doing what you believe in, that is a complete waste of time. Let's go into what is something that's working for you right now in your business. You've touched on a bunch of things, but let's just pull one thing specific that's really working well for you right now. I'm just going to go back to the marketing aspect of it. It's what I feel strongest in. I'm really focusing on search and social right now, mobile down the road, but uh, marketing both my business through creating compelling content that attracts my customers and then teaching my customers to do the same thing for their customers. I would say that's probably having the best positive effect. And obviously, we've had this really long, bad economic run. Um, and I've seen a lot of other companies struggle, and we've struggled as well. But we've really minimized the problems um, that the outside economy has had on us by constantly being out there and marketing and educating our clients on how they can be successful in any economy. Marketing, marketing, marketing. I love it. So I'm kind of curious about this next question with what you've previously said about some of the books that you've read as a child. What would you say is your go-to book right now that you've read within the last six months that you would recommend to our listeners? Uh, well, I just finished reading it for the second time. It might be seven months, but I'm going to go with this one anyways. And it's uh, Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion by Dr. Robert Cialdini. He breaks down what he calls the six weapons of influence. I've always liked where psychology and marketing meet. I almost was a psychology major. Um, but this book really breaks it down. And of course, you can use these techniques for evil as well. I cho choose not to. Fascinating the way that people have an inordinate amount of persuasion over us and also how we can help people get what they want to accomplish if we can use these tactics as well. And, and I think it's the number one business book out there as far as I'm concerned. I've read it twice. I've written seven blog posts about it. It's just essential reading for anybody who considers themselves to be a marketer. I love it. It's incredible how every example he uses is so true to our everyday lives. This last question is definitely my favorite. It's kind of a tricky one. You can take a couple seconds, breathe before you answer, however you want to approach it. If you woke up tomorrow with all the experience and knowledge that you currently have today, but your business flight had completely disappeared, it was gone, but you still had every amount of experience and knowledge you currently have right now, and you had to start somewhere brand new from scratch, where would you start? It is a good question. I guess what I would do is I would probably go full force into the stuff that today makes the, me the happiest, which is to educate small businesses and entrepreneurs about the tactics and strategies that they need to 
increase their online visibility or their digital visibility. So it wouldn't be that dissimilar. I probably wouldn't be um, dealing with the uh, design and development of websites as much anymore, except maybe to work with a company that offers that because uh, it's definitely something I personally have done less of. I've hired a great team to do that. And since I don't have this team in this imaginary world where there is no flight, I probably focus more on just building up uh, that aspect of it. And then also, because I need to get paid at some point, I'd focus on creating um, multiple streams of revenue through knowledge-based products. So I would have eBooks and maybe a book as well. I would have a paid video uh, service. There'd be a lot of things that people could get for free, but then there'd also be something more that they would be willing to pay for, assuming that I was able to create the content that would help somebody enough that they would be willing to pay a one-time fee or a monthly fee. But I think that that's a great way to go. And then I just associate myself and partner with amazing people, uh, people with passion who have a skill set that does not uh, overlap with my own. And we'd work together on some really fun, interesting projects. Okay, let's just break this down real quick. And it does have to be real quick. A lot of our listeners find themselves in this situation where they are looking to start from potentially scratch. So, if you were going to be going forward with what you're saying, what would be your first step? Would it be create a website? My first step would probably be to create a, a brand. Before I even started with the website, I'd have a general sense of what I want to create. Right. Find the right people to partner with. And there's so many talented people out there right now um, who are doing freelance or who are underemployed or just looking for some extra time. You can find these people. I found a number of people locally, like the guy who does my illustrations, uh, Josh Fisher, for my Agents of Change conference. Once I have that, yeah, I'd start a blog slash website. I think these days are basically the same thing. Like you, I might think about a podcast. It depends if I liked talking and interviewing and people like that. Um, I would also probably, uh, people ask me a lot of times, well, where do I start? Do I buy a list? I never recommend buying a list. I would create something of value. I'd give it away for free in exchange for an email. I'd start building my list. The most valuable thing you have right now in this economy is your list, in my personal opinion, but only if it's an opt-in list that you have that have you have developed. So it's about getting those people to sign up for something so that you can then turn around and continue to help them. And then when you have something to sell, then you can start to sell it. But these days, if you start to sell too quickly, or if you start to be too pushy, people will back away, you'll lose them forever. So it's got to be a very delicate balance. It's definitely a dance that you have to do with your ideal customers. Awesome stuff, Rich. Why don't you just give us one more way to get to the Agents of Change conference via virtually or in person, and then we'll sign out. Sure. Well, if you can go to the website, Agents of Change Con, C-O-N for conference, agentsofchangecon.com, you'll get all sorts of information. Remember, for people who are listening, you can't make it to Portland, Maine in September. Bottom line is you can watch the entire thing online, um, and you should act now as prices are a little bit lower than they will be leading up to the conference. For those people who listen to this interview post Agents of Change, will they be able to access the virtual conference online as well? You know, I, that's a great question. They should go to the website and find out. I, I haven't had the final decision. I haven't made a final decision on whether or not we're going to make it accessible for people who didn't buy it beforehand. Um, but uh, if they miss out on that, they should just go to flight.biz, F-L-Y-T-E dot B-I-Z and come check me out and connect. And I'm sure there'll be Agents of Change 2013 as well. Rich, well, listen, thanks again. We will definitely all do that and catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John.
Hey guys, this is John Lee Dumas signing off. Remember to subscribe to our email list for your chance to win $50 cash every Wednesday. Fire Nation, my one call to action to you today is this. If you enjoyed this free podcast and want to show your love, head over to eofire.com, click the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page, and you'll be shot over to iTunes to leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating, I will give you a shout out at the top of an upcoming show, and then you can tweet about how awesome you are. Seriously though, it would really mean a lot to all of us here at Fire Nation that work so hard to bring you this content five days a week. Until next time, Fire Nation, prepare to ignite. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.